Welcome to the Peak Community Church Podcast, where weekly messages are available for your hearing. Today, we're going to be speaking one out of eight major parables that Jesus taught in regards to the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. For assuredly, I say unto you, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It is here. It is before you. And most people that heard Jesus say that couldn't under even really understand that he is the kingdom of God. That when he said the kingdom of God is at hand, is that his presence was with us. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so this uh, parable is AKA, also known as the parable of the sower. The parable of the sower. Amen. So if you would open up your Bibles, uh, 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 thumb your devices over to uh, the gospel according to Matthew. And in the uh, 13th chapter, we're going to start in verse 1. And I'm going to read the parable. And, and oftentimes, the thing with understanding parables is that oftentimes Jesus spoke in parables, but then he pulled his disciples over to the side and he himself gave the explanation of the parable. And because we have Jesus explaining some of these parables, because of his explanation, we can bridge that explanation to then give light to other mysteries that are within the scripture. Amen? And so uh, this is one of those parables that Jesus not only taught it in a riddle, but he also gave us the explanation. Uh, So we don't have to do too much digging, but uh, we're certainly going to unpackage it this morning. Amen? So 13th chapter, uh, verse 1, Matthew, and the word of God is read in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. And great multitudes were gathered together to him that he got into a boat and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up, but because they had no depth of earth, but when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground. Tell somebody, tell them good ground. And yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Peak church, he who has ear, let him hear. I'm going to play a quick little video. Uh, do you have that, Les?
us your word. We, oh, Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place right now. Give us wisdom. Illuminate us. Enlighten us, oh, Father God, unto the mysteries of the word of God. And place within us, oh, Father God, fertile soil so that your seed, oh, God, can be implanted within us this morning, Lord, and that it would produce a crop, not a harvest, a complete crop, Lord God, of a hundredfold, sixtyfold, Lord Father God. Multiply within us, O oh Lord, and our understanding, and therefore increasing your kingdom. We ask these things, O oh God, in Jesus' mighty name. God's people say, amen and amen. Now, the sower is an important person within this parable, right? Because he's, he's consistent. And so we have a sower that's consistent. We have a seed that's consistent. What we have different is the soil. We've got soil that's a little different. And Jesus is explaining about this seed being dropped, but it's being dropped on four types of ground. And so the difference is not in the seed, the difference is in the ground, it's in the soil. Now the seed, Jesus tells us, is the word of the kingdom. This is the gospel message that, that, that Jesus came, the good news of deliverance, that although we're sinful in nature, we don't have to stay that way, and that there is an answer to the dilemma of the void that's within our heart. That's the good news. That's not good. You know what? That's great news. That's great news. And so this great news is this seed that Jesus is talking about. And, and there was an individual that went out to go and sow these seeds. And, and the ground is representative then of the human heart. The condition of the heart that receives the seed. How is the seed received? And so as we begin to unpackage this parable just a little bit, we're going to see soil type that we're going to address this morning is the wayside. It's this place that Jesus calls the, the wayside. And so if you knew how um, harvesting and agriculture during the time, they had fields that they would till the ground in order to sow seed. But they had pathways, and they would walk. They'd walk the same pathways, and one farmer after the next farmer after the next farmer. And what happens when you walk the same path time and time again. You ever, you ever see someone's beautiful lawn and all of a sudden you just see this rough path that cuts across because people want to use it to cut to the park? Huh? You ever hear that, that phrase, it's off the beaten path? It's because the path gets beat, gets trampled on. And because it gets trampled on, it, it compresses and it gets hard. And people walk on it and walk on it and walk on it. And so anything that was to fall upon the beaten path never is going to have any type of real structure. And they would walk down this path and down this path. Guess what happens? You know, if, if you've got three feet of a pathway that people are constantly walking and it's been trampled underfoot, right, right next to that path, that perimeter before it gets into that, the, the, the soft ground, the soft soil, generally becomes then kind of like rocky and stony. And so the image is that there's a sower who's got a bag of seed. And that bag of seed, he's coming around and he's tossing the seed. And so what happens when he tosses the seed? Most of the seed falls on toiled ground, tilled. It's been tilled. But some of it 
falls on that stony ground that surrounds the perimeter of the pathway, right? And then the pathway itself is also hard ground that's that's weighed. Now, the seed was never really meant to fall on this or fall on the pathway that, that, that sets it as its perimeter. It's, it's meant to fall upon the tilled ground. Understood when Jesus spoke about the sower. They knew what the sower looked like. They knew he had a bag. They knew he had seed. They knew what the field looked like. They, they knew exactly what Jesus was talking about. He painted a visual picture that they see every single day to explain a spiritual truth. And so, you know, we had, we have the hard, we've got stony, we've got the tilled ground, and you know where the thorns were? Where they kept the thorns? They kept the thorns on the perimeter of, of La Finca, that the perimeter of, of, of the plantation, the field. And, and why would they put the thorn, uh, thorn, uh, uh, thickets of thorn around that perimeter? It was the, pro- the property line, the, the, the you know, the, they surrounded this entire field, and that's because the thorn, the thickets of the thorn, created a natural barrier for animals, for wildlife. It kept wildlife out so that they wouldn't just so easily walk in and destroy the crops. So you had these thorns that were on the outside perimeter, and, and, and the Bible says that some of the seed also fell there as well. The wayside. The gospel according to Luke, Luke remembers it this way, Luke chapter 8 verse 5. One of the reasons why we call it the synoptic riddles is because out of all of the parables that Jesus taught, over like 43 parables, um, seven of the parables are recorded in all three gospels. And so those are called the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And so what we did was we took the seven parables that are recorded in all three gospels synoptic gospels and we pulled them out and that's what we're studying okay so that's how we got to the synoptic riddles all right and so now luke records it this way he says a sower went out to sow his seed and as he sowed some fell by the wayside and it was trampled down and the birds of the air devoured it and so we we explained how this is hardened ground and it's been trampled underfoot and whatever is left in the seed that falls on this wayside where everybody's walking on trampling on stepping on moving on and and there's no substance in regards for the seed to be able to go down into the dirt and so what happens is that once it's been trampled on once it's been destroyed the birds of the air come and devour whatever's left over there is nothing that is left when it comes to the ground of the wayside that seed is completely devoured why why is that the heart response here the bible says it is received without understanding this is word that is received without understanding and i want to just talk about a little bit of the human condition of the heart and i'm going to spill out a word it's a heavy word come on How many of us? Pride. How many of us? Pride. Hardened heart. We live a life, we, you know, they they, they say it's it's hard to teach an old dog new. Come on now. Life has a tendency of hardening us. Circumstance and situation, 
huh? Families and backstabbing and, and, and throwing our names in the mud and, and people that are doing us dirty. And if it's not the government, it's our own family. And if it's not our family, it's the people that we would least likely expect and people pulling and taking and doing and this constant attack and bereavement of, of issues and, and situations that life would present itself. Hardness winds up coming in. It becomes a byproduct. It's, it's how we protect ourselves. It's a self-defense mechanism. But it's not healthy. It's not healthy. We do it because we need to do it, or we think we need to do it because we don't have another solution. But God is telling us there is another solution. You don't have to take this upon yourself. Do not allow your heart to be hardened because of the circumstances and the situations of your life. Keep it pliable. Let me sow some seed into it that's going to be able to bring forth some fruit. This hardened heart. Hardness oftentimes is also birthed in sin. Can I, can I, can I just keep it real? Hardened hearts is oftentimes birthed in sin. Heartful, deliberate, willful sin. When, when we don't acknowledge that the behavior pattern, our go-to, the one that helps us cope with issues and, and, and gives us the quick little fix so that we can get through just another hour of dealing with so-and-so. Deliberate, willful, repeated sin. The Bible says that if we, we fall into that pattern, that then our conscience becomes seared conscience that we're not sensitive to the holy spirit how many times in my young adult life you know people telling me mom telling me good advice and 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 you know what in one year and out there you know what that's even a lie it never even went in the one year can i keep it real it never even went in the one year because if it went in the one year, maybe something would have registered. But because my mom was blue in the face, giving me advice after advice, but because I had a hardened, I couldn't receive it. How many times does God want to talk to us and, and drops a message and, and gives us an inclination and confirms a word that he's already placed inside of? We know what we need to do, and yet because we have a hardened heart, just don't do it this is a dangerous place to be is to have a hardened heart the second ground that he tells us about and warns us about is this stony ground and so like i said you know well, the, 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 that's a transitional place to be you know if the beaten path is beaten and trampled hard as you transition from this path onto the soil there's there's always this what what was stone becomes starts falling apart and becomes stony you ever see dirt you know a solid piece of dirt and then all of a sudden on the corners it starts crumbling apart right and so that that side stuff that kind of crumbles and falls apart this is that seed that fell upon stony ground and jesus gives us a warning in regards to the seed the seed is rocky it's shallow there's, there's, there's movement within the dirt, but nowhere that that shoot can really get deep into. Amen? It has no foundation. 
And, and people who accept the word of God joyfully, you can come and bring them to church and it can make all of the sense. And wow, with the preacher man, really, he made sense. It, it, it dawned on me and, and you can receive it joyfully. Yes, it made all of the sense in the world. But yet, because you don't go out and study it deeply, it always stays superficial. A lot of people that will come to church. And it's a superficial relationship. It's still religion, not relationship. And we, we need to transition from being that, that rocky kind of crumpled soil uh, on the side of the, you're, you're right in transition, right in between the hard soil. Your, your pride isn't so much that you can't receive the word, but yet you're, you're still rocky enough that the word isn't taking any root. Hmm. Man, I tell you, that's supposed to be a small little thin line of where that skeed scatters. But we're living in a society today where, where, where that little pathway of that stony ground has become real wide. It's become real wide. The Bible says, for when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Persecution because of the word. Not because of your bad choices. Oh, pastor, you don't understand. I, I just, man, I'm being so persecuted. I feel like I'm just under this, this persecution. I, I'm attacked to the left and to the right. And okay, all right. Well, let's get down on on some of these on some of these attacks, right? Let's let's get down to this now, right? Let's let's put some of this work in, and we wind up finding out that these aren't attacks. These are just the results of poor choices. <laughs> This is a persecution. This is just ignorance. This is, this is, we made some bad choices. But now, pastor comes alongside. How do we rectify some of these choices? And we begin to start straightening some of this stuff out. And we start making some sense out of the nonsense. And we start putting some principles in regards. And when this happens again, rather than doing this, the Bible says that you ought to do this. Now, now we start changing. Now we start transforming. Now we start applying the word of God into our lives. But this persecution that the Bible is speaking of is not because of our poor choices. It's persecution because of the word. When someone will come against you because you, you carry the name of Jesus Christ, you call yourself a follower, you call yourself a Christian, this isn't a Christian by religion. This is a Christian by, by model, by example, not, not by just preaching the word. This is by doing the word. And when people begin to point you out, whether on the job site, because you hold a special integrity and a character nature, they know they can't come over to you and ask you to co-sign something that's going to go against the word of God. So now all of a sudden you're going against the grain because everybody else in the workplace wants to do it this way, but you know that in your heart of hearts that's not the right way of doing it. So now you separate yourself. Oh, wait till the persecution starts coming because you just got labeled. You on that job site, you a Jesus freak. You one of those, you know, all the way conservative right wing, like you just, you know, what? You, you judgmental, you a bigot, you hypocrite. The names will come. But blessed are those who are persecuted for my name's sake. <sighs> Bible speaks that this stony ground has no root within himself. There's some immediate growth, 
come to church oh man that was a good word i'm on fire for the lord that was that was all right that was all right but the moment you step outside <laughs> no foundation the bible speaks that there's immediate growth but there's no fruit once the tribulation comes in and and he speaks of the tribulation what's the tribulation that's the the heat of the sun that comes and scorches it out when, when tribulation comes, how many people have been in the heat of it? Come on, when you're in the think of it, when you're in the heat of it, you don't know what's going to come out of you until the pressure's on. This is, there's no test. There's no, there's, there's no testimony without the test. Anybody could go, you know what I'm saying? But when you could go through it and still be in your sound mind, Still have peace and joy within your heart. Not be moved by the circumstances of the world, but to know that the kingdom of heaven has been implanted within you. And whether you live or die, you live. That peace, that confidence that comes with knowing the gospel, man, that is fruit. That is fruit. So when the heat of, when the, heat of the moment comes and life and all of its pressures come, that sun is at high noon and is scorching down. You know, if, if, if that seed hasn't been watered, if it doesn't have the right moisture to it, whatever came up out of it, when it cracks open and that little shoot that comes out, it's looking for ground. But if it doesn't find it, withers and dies. And oftentimes I look at us, you know, how many of us, our faith, our faith can be a mile wide and only an inch deep. Oh, we got a lot of word. We can speak Christianese and we know that pastor and that pastor. And I've been to this conference and, and we've got all of this. But then all of a sudden life smacks you in the face. Where's And now people revert back. Stop going to church. Pick up the old bad habits. Go back to Flacco on the corner. Go back to the, to the pub. You know, uh, on the other side of town where nobody knows your name. Stony ground. Stony ground. Go to church and offense is taken. All of a sudden, you, some would say your faith has become a little rocky. This is on stony ground. That field fell on that stony ground and wasn't able to produce the fruit. And the tree is only known by the fruit it produces. The third ground is those thorns, those thickets, all right? They're for protection, but really what it says in regards to what it does to the seed, the Bible says the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. What is up with this thorn? This thorn is, is resembled and, and broken down into two classifications, two areas that our lives become choked up, strapped up. Anybody ever feel like you're just strapped up? Like there's just so much weight on you that, that, that no matter which way you turn, the, the, the finances are so great. I don't even know how I'm going to pay the bills because there's, there's so many of them there. They just don't know the, the health 
huh? The things with the job and, and, and needing a better job and, and, and wanting a job. Those who don't have jobs want jobs. Those who have jobs want better jobs. It's just always the, the pressures, the finances. It's always on top of us. The bills is in the body. And if it's not, if it's not in the work and if it's not in the bills, then all of a sudden it comes in the body. The health. He wants to attack your health and, and come in. I mean, I'm six weeks now. The sciatic nerve is, oh, man, I've been miserable. Physically, I'm miserable. If you were to ask me how I'm doing, I'm doing terrible. I'm doing terrible. Physically, I, I don't like being feeling incapacitated. I, I, I can't move. I, I feel like I can't defend myself. I feel like I can't, you know, I need to pick something up and, and put it down. <laughs> I'm the Planet Fitness guy. Pick things up, put them down. You know what it is when you, you know, you're active and you're working and you're working out and you're doing your cardio and you're feeling good and all of a sudden, oh, you know, and and I'm saying that you know, painkillers and anti-inflammatories and you know, if it doesn't come in the job, if it doesn't come in the bills, it doesn't come in the health. You bet he's going to attack you. The adversary is going to attack your relationships. You best assured he's going to attack your relationships. Those are the cares of this world, aren't they? And how big do those mountains become in the light of God? God is so much greater than that, but because, because these cares are so real and constantly in front of us, we lose, we lose sight and the cares become a giant. But how can those cares become a giant in the light of a God that is eternal? Sometimes we got to turn around and tell our cares, you know what? You may be big, but I want to introduce you to someone who's bigger. You may be strong, but I want to introduce you to somebody who is stronger. You may be real, but you are only here for a moment and a season. Because ultimately, he's got the final say. got the cares of this world and what does jesus say what's the other thorn thorns come in stereo he says you know what i'm gonna get you with the cares of this world and i'm also gonna get you with the deceitfulness of riches deceitfulness of riches now let me tell you something god created us and if we're living right and and his word is our standard he wants us to be prosperous he wants us to be successful cream rises to the top and if we're serving the king of kings and the lord of lords no matter wherever i go in the workplace in the marketplace i'm bringing character and integrity i'm bringing with me a, a strength a power a confidence and assuredness i don't work for you i don't work for the guy signing that check i work for the king of the king and the lord of lords he promotes me because when he says it's time you without a job and i'm filling in your shoes my god is the one who orchestrates my steps deceitfulness of riches it keeps us up it's the lie, keeping up with the Joneses, right? I need to have that new upgrade. What is it? That we're up to the 10X. That, that. Still on the 7++. plus plus. Latest styles and fashion, bigger house, faster cars. If I can only get or I'm going to commit more of my time once I get that promotion, huh? All of these excuses that we, that we give in regards to the pursuit of, of our success. But that's deceitfulness because our success can only truly be measured in our relationship with God.
And the cares of this world and the deceitful of riches moves people away from living out the truth of the gospel, living out the truth of the word. Finally, finally, he speaks about the sound ground. Touch, touch your neighbor and give them the title of my message. This message is about the sound ground. This is about the fertile soil. This is, this is it, man, right? Because in all of that, in all of that falling away and landing where it's not really meant to land, there's, there's, that, there's that seed that makes its target. And that target is fertile soil. That, that, that seed that's received, but it's received with understanding. I'm not just taking it at face value. It's something that's settling within my heart. It's, it's, it's that heart that's been tilled. And I don't know how hard your heart is. I could tell you that my heart was hard. For God to be able to come in and soften my heart and make it pliable and, 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 and tilled and, and broken up and, and moist enough to be able to receive his word, I had to go through some stuff. And I'm here to tell you that if you haven't been through some stuff, you don't have to. You could just make a willful decision right where you're at to receive the seed of your word. Ask God to till the ground of your heart, to water it and make it moist. Prepare it to receive the seed. And if you notice that that's how I prayed this morning is that God would prepare the ground of our heart to receive the seed of his word. That the words that are discussed and, 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 and proclaimed here this morning would not fall on fallow or hard ground, but, but that I would be able to see a harvest in each and every one of your lives. And as a pastor, that's where I get, I get to sit back and and see what God is doing in your life and how he moves. There's two things that we need to know for the ground that understands and receives what Jesus taught. There's a present aspect of the kingdom of God, and there's a future aspect of the kingdom of God. Jesus spoke about the kingdom of God being at hand, but it has not been its completion. It has only been fulfilled in portion. There's a present aspect of his kingdom of God as John the Baptist prayed. I mean, he baptized. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus Christ was on the scene. He is the kingdom of God. And Jesus came to bring doing the kingdom of God. But it's only impartial because God is still not done doing the work that he started. Why, why has he not returned yet? What does Peter say about his return? It's because of his long-suffering, his mercy. He's waiting. He's doing a work. He who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some 100, some 60, some 30-fold. See, see, this parable assures us that God is working below the surface. So oftentimes, we want to see an immediate response. I, I pray. I want to see your hand move. But oftentimes, God is saying, I don't move like that. You got to give this thing some time. Certain things have to uh, uh, nurture and, and, and fall into place. Some things need to fall into place before I can bring forth the manifestation. If the foundation can't sustain the manifestation, then what's the sense of bringing forth 
the manifestation. What's the sense? We got to get this foundation down right. And what God is saying is that he's working below the surface. You may not see it immediately. Don't, don't plant the seed today and go tomorrow and expect to see a leaf. You got to give God some time. And he's letting you know that he's guaranteeing that he's working beneath that surface. He's causing growth that will manifest itself in due time. And we need not despair if the results aren't immediately apparent or, or believe that our efforts have produced no gain. His principles and his promises are yea and amen to his children, to those who are walking in obedience. You can always take it into confidence. Agriculture is a whole different thing, and it goes contrary to the way we're brainwashed and we're taught. We want that microwave mentality, that, that Burger King, you know, King Baby syndrome. I want what I want, when I want it, how I want it. You know, hold, hold the ketchup, put some extra mayo. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is my custom tailor. Or, hmm. No. No. I was, I was sharing with a brother this morning. Fast and easy always leaves you wet and dry. But when you take the time to, to put in the work, slow and steady, what you gain from walking in obedience, what God gives you through the course of time, that can never be taken away. No devil in hell can come and pull out the foundation from underneath you if you have built the house on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? So my question to you this morning, church, are you producing fruit? Self-examination, truly. Am I producing fruit in my life? Am, am I leading other people to Christ? Is, is my life the spiritual fruit? Joy, peace, long-suffering, faithfulness. Huh? Is, is the fruit of the Spirit evident within my life? Come on. I mean, can we just be real? I mean, if we're going to be real, here, we're in church. Let's be real. Because if it isn't, and that's okay if it isn't, because God is saying that it can be, and it will be. It's a matter of us putting in that work. So look at your life and look at yourself. And ask yourself about your spiritual crop. A hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold. Relationship, how is it? Can anyone here this morning identify with any of these grounds? Can you identify your heart level? Your ground maybe being hard. Maybe your heart maybe being hardened because of circumstances and situations that that people can give you some great advice, but yet it can't even penetrate because your heart is so hard. I don't even want to listen to it right now. I'm so hardened. I'm so callous. I don't even want to talk about it. When you, when, when you talk to me about it, I'm, I ain't even listening. Or, or maybe it's a stony ground. Maybe, maybe it's broken up a little bit. Maybe life experience has, has caused you and created a little humility in your life. You thought you knew had all the answers, but you realize you don't. Or you thought what you thought was right and what you applied in your life and, 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 and that came up dry. It left you a little dry, a little short. It didn't fulfill the expectations that you thought. Maybe, maybe you've got some stony ground in your life. Word comes in, you, you, you receive it, but yet you still haven't gotten to the place that you can go deep into it. Or maybe thorny 
thorny bushes, the cares of this world. Like maybe you've got the word, you hear the word, you understand the word. God stirs something inside of you. You feel his manifested presence inside of you. Like you know that you know that you know that you're saved, but yet you can't live it out and you can't find your joy within it because the cares of this world just choke it up. You want to. You want to laugh. You want, you want that joy back again. But damn, there's just so much stuff that weighs you down. I'm here to tell you this morning that God wants to till the soil of your heart this morning. He wants to till the heart. He wants to break it up. He wants to come down, water it, lay down some of that oil of the Holy Spirit just, just to prepare it so that, so that the seed can, can go in and, and, and be rooted and grounded in a place that it's going to be given the opportunity to grow. The Peak Community Church is a young, vibrant, life-giving church in the heart of Peekskill. Come and visit us on Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. at the historic Elks Club, 1038 Brown Street. Thank you for listening.